0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. The first four verses of Exodus 28, the Bible says, and take and this this is instruction that's being given unto Moses. All right. God's speaking to Moses, giving him instruction uh, concerning the tabernacle and, and just all kinds of different things here in the Old Testament. And take thou unto thee, Aaron, thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest office. Even Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, Aaron's sons, and thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And verse number four says, "I'm just going to read the first phrase." And these are the garments which they shall make. And the rest of chapter 28, really, the the, the the remainder, has concerns all of those garments. What was made? How are they were made? What they were made of? Who made them? And so there's a lot said and spoken uh, concerning that. But what we have here is basically this: is that this high priest could not minister in his office until he had been uh, consecrated he and his garments for the purpose and the work that he would do and so a little while today i want to just minister this dressed for success dressed for success amen and the lord will help us hopefully before we're said and done here today god i need you this morning we're grateful lord for those that have gathered in the house of the lord we're grateful lord jesus god for your spirit god that we have felt Lord, in this place, Lord, through song and prayers that were prayed and needs, God, that were met, Lord, even in the formative part, God of the service, I pray, O oh Lord, minister to us now through your word, God, and let it find, Lord Jesus, a place of resting in our lives and we'll not forget, Lord, to thank you and pray, thank you and praise you for it. In the name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. And the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning in Jesus' name. The precision of the tabernacle, as it was called, that house of God, that place where the children of Israel went to, uh, to worship and to sacrifice. The precision of the tabernacle and its furnishings were very important to God. Very important to God. As a matter of fact, most, most of Exodus, or much of Exodus, at least in part, is talking about the tabernacle and its furnishings and the material and the dimensions moses met with god upon mount sinai and received the pattern that everything was made according to god gave moses the pattern of how it was to be built in the materials. The details were found in that pattern. The heights, the widths, the dimensions, the depths, the types of material that should have been used, the means of construction, the placement of everything, where it would have been placed and found north or south within the tabernacle proper, all was involved in the pattern that Moses received from the Lord. Not only were the specifications given for the building, but according to God's word, they were also given for the attire and the functions of the high priest and his sons, as listed here in Exodus chapter 28, these high priests and sons, Aaron's sons, these members of the Levitical tribe would be responsible. They'd be responsible for holy things and the high priests would mediate between the children of Israel and God, it would seem as though they would not have direct contact to begin with with the Lord, but Aaron, that high priest would mediate. He would go to God for the people and he would come back to the people for God. He would mediate in these holy things with all these things in consideration. Emphasis is regularly given to Moses to make all things after the pattern. It said over and over again in Exodus and other places in the Bible that Moses, everything that is to be made is to be made according to that pattern that I gave you in the mount. And so whatever Moses saw on the mountain pertaining to the tabernacle and its service had to be employed in the construction and in the organization of the tabernacle. Nothing could be compromised. Moses could not improvise upon anything. It had to be just as it was prescribed. In speaking of the high priest, which our text focuses on, the writer of Hebrews shares these words in Hebrews 8 and verse number 5. It says who, and the who being referred to as the high priest, who serve unto the example And shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern shewed to thee in the mount. Therefore, the construction, furnishings, and layout of the earthly tabernacle, according to Hebrews, simply mirrored a heavenly. Tabernacle there was a earthly one and there was a heavenly one the earthly one was according to the pattern of the heavenly the earthly had to be exact and it had to be precise because it reflected heavenly things. It had to be done. Had it been done differently, the heavenly would have been misrepresented. It had to reflect exactly what heaven was showing. But not only did the tabernacle mirror the heavenly tabernacle, amen, the service of the high priest also was an example, the writer of Hebrews says, and a shadow of heavenly things even yet to be revealed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Aaron was, according to the Old Testament, to function as the high priest. But the Bible says that he was required to be consecrated. Amen. And a part of that consecration that required, that was required of him were that his garments should be consecrated. The garments that was made for him, fashioned for him according to the pattern had to be consecrated. Verse 3 of our text says this that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him. That he may minister unto me in the priest's office. He can't minister in the priest's office if he don't have the garments. And the garments he must be consecrated in he and his sons in order to operate in the office that God had designed for him, so we needed a consecrated man, we needed consecrated garments in order to do the consecrated work. He couldn't do the work if he had not the consecrated garments or if he wasn't the consecrated man. Now, again. Most of chapter 28 contains the minutest details of each article of clothing that the high priest and his sons were to wear. I think there was about eight different articles of clothing that the high priest had on. Everything was to be according to the pattern. And these garments, verse number two tells us that were given unto Aaron and consecrated Aaron and these men. They gave him and bestowed upon him glory And beauty. Some of us still wear garments for that, don't we? Amen. Some glory and beauty. They were made, some of the most richest materials, they were made of gold and blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen. The Bible speaks of how they had onyx stones upon them and various other stones upon them. They were made of some of the most skilled artisans. They they were tailor-made, if you will, for Aaron and his sons, the people that were filled, the Bible says, with a spirit of wisdom and they were wise hearted. Amen. But these garments according to the scripture. They were to be holy garments. Set apart. Yes. Distinct and distinguished Yes, no other Israelites wore similar garments to these that Aaron wore. But these garments did not correspond, amen, in their forms to to garments, amen, of just the common Israelite. But they corresponded in many ways to that of royalty, of monarchs of that day. Amen, tunics and miters and things like that that the high priest wore were similar things that people of royalty wore. But the scripture tells us that what sealed the... The holiness of these garments. It wasn't their uniqueness in form. It was not their rareness of material in particular. Amen. Because specialized workmen, amen, had used identical materials to make similar garments and tunics and miters for royalty as well. Even the glory and the beauty that they gave Aaron wasn't just due to the fact of their material, amen, or of who made them, but they were due to the fact that they were holy, And that holiness came by the blood and the oil that they were consecrated with, that they were touched by. The blood came, the Bible tells us, that consecrated those garments. The blood came from a sacrifice. It came from an animal that yielded or consecrated its life. For the purpose of offering its blood. The oil came from olives. That had been crushed. Or if you will consecrated. For the purpose of making oil. Read if you will. Exodus 29 and verse 21. And thou shalt take of the blood. That is upon the altar. And of the anointing oil. And sprinkle it upon Aaron. And upon his garments. And upon his sons. And upon the garments of his sons with him. And he shall be hallowed or he shall be consecrated he shall be holy and his garments and his sons and his son garments with him in other words it was the blood and the oil that was applied to these rare if you will metal garments rare material garments that had the best of workmen and artisans that made them it was the blood and the oil really that was applied to these garments that were sprinkled upon Aaron and his sons amen that made these garments sacred that made these garments holy both they and the garments were not hallowed they were not holy they were not consecrated until the blood and the oil touched them and it's only after the blood and the oil touched them then that Aaron was consecrated to minister in his office he couldn't do his work for Israel he couldn't do his work for the nation of Israel he could not do his work if you will for the people unless he had on the consecrated garments and they'd been touched by blood and oil it was then That Aaron was considered to be dressed, if you will, for success. It was then that there was real glory and beauty that was brought to Aaron. Not because of the uniqueness of the garment in itself, but because of the oil and the blood that had touched the garment. Someone say amen remember what the writer of the Hebrews said. He said "Who, you speaking of the Old Testament high priest serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. Speaking of that Old Testament high priest he also said this he said thou crownest him that Old Testament high priest thou crownest him with glory and honor. He says but whenever you do that for the Old Testament priest the writer of Hebrews said this he says we see Jesus Jesus, crowned with glory and honor. In other words, he's making a connection for us here. He says what they did for the Old Testament, amen, high priest, amen, down to the garments and down to his office. Amen. We see that being lived out in the life of Jesus Christ. He's telling us that the Old Testament high priest, amen, is displayed in the New Testament in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in that office, in that function, and in that attire of the Old Testament high priest, there had to be a consecration. Amen. The writer of Hebrews says we see Jesus in all of that. We see Jesus that was crowned with honor we see Jesus that was crowned with glory and as a high priest Jesus then must have had a garment just as well as the Old Testament high priest had to have a garment amen he had to have a man a touching of blood and oil upon his garment just as much as the Old Testament high priest had in order to function and in order to minister someone say Amen I'm here to tell you today, Jesus as a man, I know clearly, we understand this, that Jesus wore clothes, we're not going to get outside of that, he did, and I know that particularly Calvary at that setting of the cross the Bible says that they took from him his vesture and they gambled if you will even for one piece of clothing in particular that was a seamless garment which was the attire indicative of the attire of a high priest we understand that but I present to you this morning that there was a garment even more intimately associated with Jesus than the seamless garment and watch me right here and that was his flesh what are you saying? I'm saying we have proof throughout the holy written word of God all the way back in Genesis that whenever Esau and Jacob were born from their mother's womb, the Bible even declares that Esau, it talks about how his very flesh was likened unto a hairy Charment. whenever we speak about God in the word and about him manifesting himself in flesh the common phraseology that churches overall use is that he was rogue he was robed in flesh in the Bible much is said about items waxing old as a garment and I don't know about you if you looked at yourself lately in the mirror but these exteriors this flesh certainly has traces and markers of waxing old just like a garment Peter said in the book of Peter he said shortly hereafter he said I must put off this my tabernacle he's talking about his exterior he's talking about his shell And interestingly enough, he referred to it as his tabernacle. I'm here to tell you much of all the coverings of the Old Testament tabernacle were skins and goat hairs. They were the exact same material that people would use as garments upon their body. You know what Peter's saying? He said, I'm going to have to lay down this tabernacle. He's talking about his body. He's talking about his flesh. But he's talking about it in such a way as though a garment that you put on and a garment that you take off. I'm saying there's an Old Testament high priest that had to have garments on and blood and oil touched them in order for him to operate in his function. But there is a New Testament priest in Jesus Christ that likewise had a garment called his flesh. Someone did not John and his gospel say and the word was made flesh and note what it says and we beheld his what? Glory. They said those garments were given to Aaron and his sons for this purpose. Their consecration, their oil to give him glory and give him beauty. Oh yes, someone say amen. I submit to you this morning. That the high priestly garment of Jesus Christ was his flesh. (laughs) And that he had this undoubtedly on (laughs) when the blood of an altar and oil touched it. Just as the holy garments of Aaron were made for his glory and beauty, the flesh of Jesus was created for his glory and honor. And beauty. The Bible says in Hebrews two and verse seventeen, wherefore in all things it behooved him Jesus Christ, to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. What are you saying? He couldn't function as the high priest in his office and make reconciliation amends atonement for the people Unless he had a garment that was touched by blood and oil. That garment, though, hallelujah, was in the likeness of all other humanity, but set apart by the fact that it would be touched by blood and oil. What are you saying this morning, Brother McGee? He could not do what he did for you and I. He could not make atonement like he did for you and I. Unless it was touched by blood and by oil. The holiness of the garments of the Old Testament high priest were not all wrapped up in the materials. They were hallowed by the blood and the oil. I present to you today and we understand this and we know this, that Christ went to the cross. We get that. We understand that there was bloodshed there. We get that. We understand that that cross in many ways was an altar. The basic definition of an altar is this. It's a slaughtering place. It is a high lifted up place. The cross of Calvary Calvary meets both of those qualifications. It was a slaughtering place and it is a high and lifted up place. But I want to go just a little further this morning because that's where the sacrifice was offered. I want to go a little further today that before Jesus drew near the altar of Calvary, he visited the altar of a Gethsemane. Before he went to the altar of Calvary as the sacrifice, he went to Gethsemane, the oil press, and became the high priest. Someone say amen. He became the high priest. He went to Gethsemane, the oil press. And the Bible says as he's praying there and his disciples are sleeping, as he's praying there and reaching out and saying, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. As he's praying, the Bible says he prayed as it was. Great drops of blood came from his body. This is not peculiar. You can read it in science. You can be under such duress and stress that the very capillaries in your skin burst, that blood would come from your pores. But what I'm trying to convey to you today is that Jesus was there in his garment called his flesh. And at Gethsemane, the oil press. Blood came forth. And oil and blood touched the garment and consecrated a high priest. consecrated a high priest right there blood and oil, oil and blood they were the tools of consecration they were the instruments for hallowing the high priest and it happened at Jesus' Gethsemane someone say amen that those tools of blood and oil prepared the Old Testament high priest for his service there is no reconciliation of the children of Israel without the intermediary of a high priest. They couldn't enter the holy place. They couldn't enter the holies of holies. They couldn't go in there and put blood upon the Ark of the Covenant that was revered as the very presence of God. They could not do it. They had to have a high priest to do it in their stead. And so if Israel's sins are going to be made atoned for, they must have a high priest. But if a high priest is going to function, he's going to have to be anointed with oil and blood in his garments. Someone say Amen. The nation sins, the nation of Israel's sins would we'll be taken care of because of the service of the high priest. So if he's the minister in his office, he's going to have to have some holy garments. But they're not holy unless they're touched by blood and oil. What are you saying? I'm saying through the lens of the tabernacle in the Old Testament and the pattern, if you will, and the example that was left there, Christ can go near to Calvary and become the sacrifice because he's already been to an altar in Gethsemane and been touched by blood and by oil at another altar, mind you, for himself. What happened at Calvary was for the world. What happened in Gethsemane was so that he might be able to function the way he needed to function at Calvary listen Someone's saying right now now brother McGee Christ was without sin that's right and I realize he was without sin but please understand other places in scripture that there are some things that Jesus did simply for the purpose of fulfilling a type there's some things that he did simply for the purpose of a shadow or an example for for, for one whenever we read in the gospels that Jesus was baptized by John here's a man without sin we receive baptism in Jesus thank for the remission of sins so what's the purpose he told John even told us. He said the reason why this has happened because where that dove would come down and land upon whomever he baptized and it happened, that would make manifest into all Israel that that person was the son of God. So there's some things that Jesus just did to fulfill a type, a shadow or an example. And we learn then what happened in Gethsemane. You're saying he did did that for himself so he could function up there? Yes, but he did it for the pattern of the Old Testament. He did it because of what was required and set up in the example because the Bible tells us in John 17 and verse 19 Jesus is praying here he is he's praying and he says for their sakes I sanctify myself uh-huh. Woo! He says, for theirs, I say, what are you saying? He said, for their sakes, he said, I make this outer garment holy. For their sakes, I consecrate and hallow myself that they also might be sanctified. He said, I'm just fulfilling a type right here in this Gethsemane. Blood and oil is gonna touch this old garment. And that consecrates me in the eyes of Israel to operate as their high priest. And I can make sanctification for them, and I can consecrate them. And And I can save them, and I can go to bat for them, and I. Oh yes. Because of this, someone say, "Amen." Amen. Exodus twenty-nine, verse forty-four. This is just one chapter over from where our text was. This is the New International Version I'm reading from. Let me get a little housekeeping out here. Exodus 29, verse 44, it says, So I, you don't have it? Okay, just listen to me. So I will consecrate the tent of meeting, which was the tabernacle, and the altar, and will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. And the reason why I use it, I like how it segues into verse 45. It says, then, everybody say Then. Then. I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God. And they will know that I am the Lord, their God who brought them out of Egypt so that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord, their God, the way that it's postured here. And it's similar in the King James, but this makes it more emphatic and apparent. He says, I'm going to consecrate the tabernacle, the altar and the priest. Then they're going to know, and I'm going to come down and dwell. Among them. It wasn't good enough for the tabernacle to be consecrated. It wasn't good enough for the altar to be consecrated. But the high priest had to be consecrated. When all these things were set into place, then he would come down and dwell among Israel. What are you saying? What are you saying to McGee? I'm saying this. Before there was a Pentecost, there was a Calvary. Before there was a Calvary, there was a Gethsemane before there was a Christ in you there was a Christ with you Hebrews even says that every man that would serve in the office of high priest is taken from among men every single one of them and so God robed himself in flesh because all high priests are taken from among men Oh God, and he met the qualification then of being chosen from men to be the high priest. But Gethsemane consecrated him for the purpose of Calvary. But Calvary gave way that he might dwell in us and even among us. That they would know what? That they would know that I'm their God. That they would know that I'm the one that brought them out of Egypt, right? And I dwell among them. What was the whole bringing out of Egypt thing? It's where Israel got their deliverance. It's where they were set free from bondage. He said, if I can get me a consecrated high priest and if he can make a sacrifice, all the world will know that he is their deliverer, that he is the one that makes a way where there seems to be no way for them. Someone say Amen. Then God will dwell among them. They'll know that I'm their deliverer. Huh? That I might dwell among them and New Testament even more so in them. So through the high priest row of Aaron, through the high priest row of Aaron, and essentially, folks, Israel had access to God. They had access to God because of their high priest. When Jesus got the blood on the garment, that which we are calling His flesh and ministered in His office on behalf of the people at Calvary, the Bible says ultimately on that day that the veil in the temple was written twain from top and to bottom. What did that allow? That allowed all mankind to have access to the holiest place of all where the presence of God is where even in the Old Testament, they were not permitted to go. But it was made accessible because of their high priest. Bible says, Hebrews 10, 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest. How? By the blood of Jesus this is really 2 folks. Because there was his blood at Calvary. But before his blood was at Calvary, his blood was at Gethsemane. Before his blood sanctified us, his own blood sanctified him. Amen. By the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us. Through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God. Let me say it like this. Having been dressed, so to speak, for success. Permitted Aaron to function as a high priest for Israel. It allowed him to enter, as the Bible prescribes, once a year into the holy place. And he would make an atonement for the souls of men because he was dressed, so to speak, for success. But the same reason Jesus being dressed for success in that garment of his flesh and oil and blood that touched him at Gethsemane allowed him also to enter though once, not a year, but once for all for the purpose of making atonement, amen, for the souls of mankind. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse number 28, he that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Look at verse 29. Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy Who have trodden under the foot the son of God and have counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and have done despite amen unto the spirit of grace what they are saying is this is that men in the Old Testament that despise even Moses and the law died without mercy he's saying if we are to reject the Lord Jesus Christ if we're to reject the blood that was shed at both Gethsemane and Calvary if we're to account all of that as some unholy, something that's just frivolous, something that's unnecessary, he said then we're basically despising, amen, the very spirit of grace if we're to discount all of that and ignore all of that, the very thing that could sanctify us and did sanctify him, if we're to discount all of that, we have despised the spirit of grace what I've come to tell us on this Sunday morning is this, is because our high priest dressed for success, it enabled him to clothe us with grace because our high priest sacrificed it all it allowed us to be a living sacrifice unto God because he dressed we're clothed but we're clothed by grace and the same blood that touched him he extends through Calvary and that blood without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins that same blood sanctifies sets apart makes holy and hallowed children of the living God, but that's because we had a high priest that dressed for success. Amen. We couldn't have done it without him. We wouldn't be here without him. I oftentimes tell the Lord in my daily prayer, and I'm not ashamed of it. I say, Lord, I can't make it through this day without you. I'm not too foolish, amen, to recognize that this is not Paul McGee riding on the skirt tail of himself or his mom or his dad or generations before me. If I'm tethered to any skirt tail, it's to the skirt tail of my high priest, amen, that sanctified himself so that I could be sanctified. I want you to understand today we should be people with praise on our lips this morning because we had a high priest that could enter in that was clean and holy if it wasn't for that he would not function it could not be possible it would not take place but I'm thankful today there is a time of consecration and he set aside some time and he stooped down from the heavens to the earth so that someday I can stand up from the earth and go to heaven Hebrews says to label that blood unholy is basically to despise our own covering, the spirit of grace. Not only was the blood holy, but the blood hallowed or made holy whatsoever it touched. The Bible says in Hebrews as well that almost all things were by the law purged by blood or made clean and holy by the blood. Every instrument of the tabernacle, the tabernacle itself, the garments, everything, almost everything of the law was purged or made holy by the blood. It's not just that the blood was holy, but it made holy everything it touched. And then for our sakes, and you can stand with me this morning, then for our sakes, He sanctified himself, as he said in his, what we call John 7, we call it, it's typically known through religiosity as the high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ. He says, for their sakes, I sanctified myself for their sakes. So I'm not really doing this for my sake as much as I am for theirs. His consecration, his prayer, his coming in in the womb of Mary, the Immaculate Conception. Oh, that wasn't for his sake. That was for our sake. The blood that was shed, the oil, all that. That wasn't for his sake in reality. That was for our sake. And thereby, because of that, he would consecrate or set set apart a way for us and us. It's not just the garments that were made holy. The Bible said by the blood and the oil but it was the garments and the man Aaron was made holy. He says he's going to do all this. And you can read it in Exodus 20. More than one time, he's going to do all these things. We're going to sanctify him. We're going to anoint him. We're going to put these garments upon him that he might be able to serve in his office of ministry. We this morning have a high priest, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Born of a woman, But from above. Born of a woman Mary. But literally from above. Came down in human flesh like you and I. But it was consecrated by oil and blood. In gardens of Gethsemane. For the purpose that he could be the sacrifice. For us. That would sanctify us. Set us apart. No wonder scripture then says. In the Old Testament. And it's referred to again in the New Testament. Be holy, the Lord says, for I am holy. You know what he's saying? Your holiness and sanctification comes because this garment called my flesh had been touched by blood and oil and it hallowed it and it's sanctified and it's consecrated so that you could be sanctified and you could be consecrated. Our success today as a church as children of the Lord, it's tied to the success of him. Amen. The opportunity that's been afforded to us is because of the opportunity that he took on our behalf for our sakes. If we can bow our heads in this place today. Hallelujah. I want someone today just to consider. Consider that we have access today because of the Lord. We have access today because of the Lord. We're able to stand where we are today live these lives that we live today because of the Lord it's really of no it's really of no accomplishment of our own it's really of no success of our own no 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 hallelujah Calvary Calvary is in our mirror as a place of hope as a place of possible change because Gethsemane was a part of Christ's life and it endorsed him to be the high priest that we had need of that would go and make a sacrifice to atone for our mistakes, for our blunders, for our sin, for our shortcomings. If I didn't have a high priest be able to do that for me, I'm yet dead in my sins. If I didn't have a high priest to do that for me, I am still sitting alone with my blunders and I am guilty and need the severest of justice upon my life as a result was all of it, but because of his role of being high priest, because God came down in the form of a man and put on the garment of a flesh as the man Christ Jesus and consecrated himself. It enabled you and I to be consecrated. And so we stand before him holy because he is holy. We stand before him righteous. Because in the book of Corinthians, he said he did not impute to us our trespasses. But he basically put those trespasses on his account. And he imputed to us his righteousness. He gave us his sanctification. He gave us his holiness. He gave us his righteousness. Thank God for a high priest. Hallelujah, that dressed for success. And that success has crinkled on down and rubbed off on you and I. And we have been made beneficiaries, amen, of his work. Hallelujah, and of his plan. Hallelujah, if we bow our heads today, if we can begin to talk to the Lord. There may be someone here today. Thank you for listening.